Hi, I'm Notre Dame safety Kyle Hamilton, and you're listening to Single High, a Notre Dame football podcast from UHND.com, the official home of the Kyle Hamilton fan club. And Greg Welcome back to another edition of Single High, Notre Dame football podcast from UHND.com, coming to you after the second victory of the 2022 Notre Dame football season. I am Frank Fatovich, one of your hosts, joined as always by the president of the Kyle Hamilton fan club, Mr. Greg Flamong. Greg, if, how we feeling? how we feeling after two in a row? It was a good game, Frank. It was a good game. I think we had a good time. I, for the first it was not time, bad. I think for the first time in 2022, we had a good time with a football game that Ernie was playing in. Um, I don't think Cal was a fun time. It was it was nice to win that game, but it was not a, a fun experience. Um, nope. Very stressful. It was. And, and this wasn't. This was uh, a lot of fun plays, right? They ran the fun plays this this week, and um, you know, they're we're, we're throwing back to wide open players. We we got bootlegs to running backs. Michael Mayer's doing stuff. Audric Estime is bulldozing all over the place. Um, it it was a good time. So um, got a little Mac Brown um, getting Ooh. mad. Oh yeah, he was little Mac mad. Brown getting mad about things. It, we that had a fun time. Good. We did. Yeah, we did have fun. You know what else is fun? What's that? There it is. The weekly beer. Um, another one from Treehouse. Um, this one is called. I think it's called Very Hazy with a lot of H's. A lot of H's in the name. No D's, just like the North Carolina Tar Heel football team. No D. No D in uh, in North Carolina. Uh, and it was fun. It was uh, it was fun to watch Notre Dame's offense look like a fully functional unit that knew how to do things for the first time this year. Uh, we saw passes that went more than two yards behind or um, two yards beyond the line of scrimmage. Like you said, we saw you know somehow Michael Mayer like, get open. I don't understand how North Carolina let him open. As much as they did, but thank you, uh, you know, Gene Chizik, who apparently doesn't sit. Uh, he likes to stand. In he the likes booth. to stand. Like every time they cut to him, he was just like leaning over as though it was some crucial play. I'm like, dude, you're down 20 at this point. You're still standing over this. Like it's fourth and three with the game on the line. But hey, you know, that's what happens sometimes when you bring retreads back 
on a coaching staff. Sometimes it works. Nick Saban plucks failed coaches off the street somehow and revitalizes them. You know, it's, you know, coach makeover edition in, uh, in Tuscaloosa and they get new jobs. That's not what's happening. Uh, no, no, now it's happening in Chapel Hill. Uh, it's, it's, it's a terrible, um, I don't know how he still has a job to be honest. I mean, they've gotten beer, shredded by, by every single team they've played. Um, it's, it's not been to, var- to, to varying degrees too. Um, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it hasn't been completely awful, but that was a bad one. Um, and it's yeah. just like, you're, it's obviously holding the team back, right? Like you just, it's, it's ridiculous. They just brought him in. It, it, they 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 don't they don't take away anything. No. They don't cause any pr- problems for the offense or for the for the offense. Yeah, um, it, I, I just like I, I don't know. You don't want to. And then, here's the other thing. What like at some point you got to say okay, this Mac Brown thing is just not working, right? Yeah. Like you just you have this Drake May who's a really good quarterback. Obviously, you have really good wide receivers, and but you just had Sam Howell. You just had like Sam Howell and two really good running backs and a bunch of good wide receivers. And anytime you play a good team, that's worth anything. You just get spanked. It's just, it's time. Like Mac Brown is old. You, you, you can find another coach at this point. I, I think, yeah. I think Mac Brown, he brought them back. You know, they were a laughing stock and now they're not, but I think um, they've gone as far as they can. It's time to get like a real staff in there. Yeah. I mean, even just watching him, like when he was freaking out on the sidelines, um, is like, dude, like calm down. You were, you're not a, you're not a young man anymore. Like you, you <laughs> have yourself some issues here. Um, if you keep getting yourself this worked up, uh, right. And I thought it was funny. They even said during the broadcast, they're like, they showed Mac at one point and said something like, eh, you know, it's rare for a 71 or a 72 year old to be able to, uh, to relate to some of these college kids. And it's like, yeah, he's like 50 years older than like his oldest player. <laughs> so, yeah. It, and it's funny. I think it was Brendan actually from one foot down was like, the media needs to stop trying to make North Carolina a thing. Cause they keep trying to do it like every year. It's like North Carolina, North Carolina's back. They were back in 2020 and then Notre Dame went down there and took care of business. They were back last well, not year. Even, like back from what? Like they're not, they're not uh what are they coming back from? Well, they try to make them out to never be never been good. No, true. But they try to make <laughs> they're trying to make North Carolina a thing, like as though it's a you know a top program. What would they start the season last year? Were they in the top ten last year? Uh yes. Yeah. Or maybe it was last year, or it was um it was the COVID year they were ranked yeah. super high. That was for sure. Definitely the COVID year. Either way. That was an enjoyable football game. Uh, that was what Notre Dame need. That was what the Notre Dame offense needed more than anything. Uh, Drew Pine needed that game. He went from I think you, you would you say <laughs> you said in the first game you were just wondering if he was going to hyperventilate and throw up on the sidelines in the first half of the of the cow game. He went from that to what were what was his final stat line? I think it was twenty four or thirty four. 287 and three touchdowns and probably could have had a fourth. Uh, if he, Yeah, 289 and three touchdowns. 289. Yeah. And he could have had a fourth um, because he missed the one to Mayer where he had Mayer and just kind of messed it up. But uh, good game from Drew Pine. There's, there was, I, I tweeted 
before the game started that there was still room on the Drew Pine bandwagon. Uh, but to join because it wasn't going to be there very long. And it looked like a really, really bad tweet after the first quarter uh, when Notre Dame had zero points against statistically one of the worst defenses in college football. But then they ripped off, what was it, 24 in the, in the second? And that was fun. They ripped off 24 in the second. Uh, it, it, Drew Pine, uh, circa Ian Book, circa 2018. Yeah. Is what it was. I mean, I, I, against uh, Wake Forest. I mean, they just lit him on fire. Yep. Um, didn't miss anything. You know, he had a he took the shot to Lindsey. That was a little. T- I mean, he overthrew Braden Lindsey. Yeah. You know, Drew Pine, who can't uh, who can't throw anything ever. You know, I put out the tweets showing, like, look, what when they had to chase the game against Cincinnati, like, he can spin it, right? Yeah. It's just that, like, he doesn't have that that crazy live arm where he's throwing off platform and stuff. Yeah, it's like, all right, fine. He he can't do that stuff, but he can hit people over the middle. He can he can make solid throws. It's not like the guy was recruited by major programs, right? Like he's he can play quarterback. So, um, yeah. but it was just a matter of, you know, uh, execution. We we've been talking about it. The execution level was not good, and and when you have open players. And, and you know where to look for them and you know where they're supposed to be, he can deliver the ball. And he did. And then, yeah. and then, and then the offensive line, yeah, that was circa 2018 or 2020, you know, just yeah. open up gaps. Audric Estime, Bulldozer, Rhinoceros. Dude. And that it's fourth quarter, that fourth quarter where he was just like getting a hole and just like shooting through a cannon for just like seven, eight yards at a time and then getting hit and then carrying a defender for two or three was just, that was fun to watch. Yes. Um, it's fun to watch. He was just so close, so close to like a perfect day. He literally like three inches, four inches away from that end zone, which would have given him his third touchdown. Uh, but sadly that ball pops out. Um, North, North Carolina gets it back or otherwise we're, we're talking about this game even more glowingly because Notre Dame would have topped 50 North Carolina maybe doesn't score. And the final score is more like a 30 point win instead of a uh, 13 point win, which is still, I mean, the way that Notre Dame played this year, a 13 point win, somebody would have told you after the Marshall game, Notre Dame's going to go down to North Carolina and win by 13. You would have taken it in a second. You wouldn't have even thought Uh, you would have taken a one point win. Which is, I think, the final line was like one and a half. Yeah, it was a it 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 was not a large line. So Notre Dame clearly covered. Um, but yeah, estimate was he just he's just fun. Like what was really nice too was there was no more dancing around a little bit. He was a little hesitant, I think, in maybe uh, you know first couple weeks of the season. He he was decisive. He saw some daylight and was like, I'm 230 pounds and I'm just going to run to that daylight. And every time, every time he was taking guys with him, it wasn't like, you know, he's getting hit and falling down right away. He was, he was just plowing forward. Uh, His pass blocking has gotten very good in a very short amount of time as well, which I thought um, was good to see. Um, because again, that's that's for a young running back tends to be 
tends to be something that uh, that prevents them from uh, you know from really shining. But uh, it it it's looking good. It's he's not Kyron Williams, you know, as a you know as a as a pass blocker, but nobody is. But man, his his PFF pass blocking grade for that game was seventy five point six. Folks, that's pretty good for a that's pretty good for a running back. Hell, it was higher than Blake Fisher's, which obviously you know different. <laughs> different body of work one's pass blocking every single you know every single drop back the other right. the other is not but it's also he jumped up against cal he was a 46 2 so that's yeah. a nice improvement uh you know week uh in a week uh you know week, week over week and let's see what it's the snaps it was 13 he was on 13 passes in and 12 passes uh you know last week so similar similar snap counts too um but man, all of the running backs got you know, got, got, got action, which I think, you know, there was, there was probably thought like, Hey, SMA and Tyree looked really good with digs out against Cal. Maybe they need to shorten that rotation. Maybe they don't need to force the three, the three backs. And, uh, McCullough and Tommy Reese were like, Nope, we are, we are definitely going to re- continue to split these, um, you know, split these reps amongst the backs. And they all, I mean, they all played well in, you know, in their roles. And they split the, the the snaps relatively relatively even. I mean, Estime was at 38, Tyree at 39, and Diggs at 22. So still Estime and Tyree, you know, top of the order with uh with Diggs um yeah. you know, slightly slightly behind. But that's a that was a good distribution. And all three played their role, uh played their role really well. Yeah, I mean and and I think it's smart because they're they're three of the better um uh, you know, offensive skill players on the team, yeah. right? So it's like it's especially when Kevin Bauman gets hurt. Ugh. You know, it's like okay, we're we're gonna let's go away from twelve and let's go more to twenty one and let's get these guys on the field because yeah. you can throw it to all of them. You know, I mean, Estime I think led the team in catches last week, and then this week Logan Diggs has a really good receiving day, and then you know obviously we, they can throw the ball to Chris Tyree, so they can throw it to all of them. They can yeah. run it to all of them. And, and it just gives like, it's just a lot for the defense to think about. You're not really sure like what type of offense you're going to get. Right. So they can go basically, you know, they can go four wide, just split out one of the backs and then with mayor too. So you can do that. You can run for power. You can do a lot of things. So um, it's really smart to get all those guys involved. And uh, like you said, I mean, I I think, I think Chris Tyree, I think this is the best he's ever, um, I think it's the best he's ever looked as a running back. Um, just picking holes, making really good cuts, uh, making really good reads, and then the burst through the hole, like he's running really well. Um, and I think Diggs, you know, he showed, like, look, you give him space and he can do things, right? Um, and that's, and I think, you know, uh, people were like, oh, you know, why are you giving him the ball in the other games? And it's like, I, I understand that just because it's not, it, the, the running game wasn't working, like, especially against Marshall, right? Like, it's just, yeah. you know, and he's not the type of guy who's going to, He's going to make something out of nothing, right? He's yeah. not that type of player. But if you give him space, then he can he can operate. So, yeah. uh, good use of personnel. Like I I really enjoy that. And it and, you know and that's a that's kind of a game plan thing, right? Um, from from Tommy Reese is and and you know those guys. It's like it's not just the play calls, even though the play calls are obviously really good. Um, but it's it's a game plan thing. Those guys know they're going to be involved when the game starts, and um, you know they were ready to go and they showed out. Yeah. 
I uh, agree on Tyree running hard and decisive too, but I'll tell you what, his his lateral quickness is still there. Um, yeah. I forget which play. I want to say it was second quarter. I want to say Notre Dame was in like a second and three or four or something like that, and he gets the ball um, in the backfield. Get, get, the uh, pine hands it off to him. And at first, I, I'm watching it being like, ah, this is going to be a tackle for loss because it looked like two Carolina defenders were going to get there. And he just ran away from him and got the corner. And it was like a five-yard gain, but it was yeah. on second and three or whatever it was, right? It was and second it, and one. Second and one. Um, yeah, so it, it was, was this was like your second and one, you're going to go down to like third and four or something like that. Yep. But he just has still has that burst to the outside. So you brought up uh, you brought up a point. Um, you know, about Notre Dame needing to use them all because of the receivers a little bit. That's probably still the one, the one downer, I would say, or not downer, what are you going to say about this game? But the one, uh, one area that you look at and you go, that's still something they got to figure out. Uh, I, Styles was pretty good, he had his moments, but I mean. And you know what, Jane Thomas, Jane Thomas had a couple big catches. He had a couple third down conversions, um, you know, that were that were kind of clutch. But man, this team is just not getting much out of the wide receiver position. Um, I mean, we kind of knew it coming into the season that probably wasn't going to be a strength, and it's looking like it's not. It's looking like uh, they need to spend the bye week doing whatever they can to get Tobias Merriweather ready to handle more plays, which is, I mean, it's a low bar because he had zero plays against North Carolina. So uh, that's probably the one area that I, that I look at and I say, mm, they need to do that. that, that that's what they, they, they need to work on a lot. Yeah. Uh, you know, during the bye week here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like I, I the, the thing is, is that like they, they, they have Michael Mayer split out so often it's kind of like, He's a wide receiver. I mean, it's kind of yeah. like Tyler Eifert in 2012, you know, like they've got him out there so much that he's, he's a wide out. Um, mm. So I, that's why it's like, there's the wide, the wide outs. And then there's the passing game, you know, cause like, look, if he's going to be 24 or 34 for 289, well, who do, why do I care who catches it? You know, mm. like it doesn't, it's not super important. Um you know, they, 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 they send Logan Diggs out on, on the wheel route, not the touchdown, but the other one, like that's, he's going in motion. Like that's a jet motion. Like it's, uh, mm -hmm. the, you know, that, that can be, um, that can just as easily be, uh, Lorenzo styles or Braden Lindsay or yeah. someone, you know? So I, so that's why I, I don't really, I don't, it doesn't matter to me who's catching it. Um, like I thought they, I, I did think they got, uh, styles involved. Um, I, I thought it was really important to get Jaden Thomas. You know, he had two catches in both of those, like you said, were on third down and they were yeah. both, uh, they were both conversions for first down, you know? So look, that's, that's helping, right? Like that's, uh, yeah. that's a major contribution. You know, they threw him the ball four times. He'd only gotten four targets in the first three games, yeah. you know? So I think building off of this and, you know, we got a lot of questions about the, uh, the sustainability and repeatability and all that stuff. Yeah. I think, I think given what they did in this game, you know, and there's another question about, about how, how teams have to plan, um, have to plan for Notre Dame going forward. You know, they're, they're not paying a lot of attention to the wideouts. 
you know, and, and, and I'm telling you, I, I really believe that with Drew Pine and Braden Lindsay, I, I think they're going to hit a couple. I think they're going to hit a couple deep ones this year. Um, I, I just I just believe in that uh, that combination. So um, and then he, he obviously hit Lorenzo Styles over the top on the post route. So um, it was it, it was good to see. I, 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 I hear you in terms of like you look at this box score and it's like, man, we're just not threatening people with our wideouts, and and you want to get that going, obviously, and you want to get Tobias Merriweather going regardless because you're already short at the position, so you can't have one who's only one in the class who yeah. is more talented physically than everybody else. You can't have him just like not playing at all. You know, you, you do need to get him going, but um, I don't think that there's anything that we saw from the wideouts in this game where you think he has to replace X guy because X guy isn't playing very well, you know? So that, that that's kind of how I see it. Um, I don't think you're wrong per se. I just don't think it's, it's, it's uh, a concern like it would have been if they didn't have any passing game at all. Yeah. You know, they're, but well, they're I mean, I finding they're, ways. They're, well, that's the, the thing that I'm getting at is they're, they're finding ways and they're manufacturing a passing game because they can't right now rely on the receivers as much as, you probably would like to, um, right? I mean, it's great that they can do things with Diggs and they can do things with Tyree and you got Mayer who can, uh, you know, who can work out of the, you know, uh, you know, lined up as a receiver as much as he can. But at the same time, you would like to get more out of the receivers. Uh, I mean, Lindsey, for instance, in Carolina, but he had two for 12, which you would hope you can get more out of uh, one of your starting outside wide receivers didn't grade out particularly well either for someone who played 74 snaps. Um, and that's where I think you got to get somebody like Merriweather up to speed. Cause I feel like Lindsay would probably be more effective with less snaps to your point. He and pine could potentially form that, uh, you know, that deep, the, the deep threat, I've said it. I wrote about it actually that I, you know, in the in the preseason that I thought Lindsey would be able to provide that for this defense, or sorry, for this offense. But I do wonder if the volume of plays that he ends up playing is not, you know, kind of dipping into what his production could be. If you could use him, you know, he played seventy four plays. It's a it's a lot, uh, you know, for uh, you know for a receiver to uh to play i don't think it was the most it might have been let me double no check. it definitely was yeah yeah i mean he was at 74 and, and styles was at 59 so i mean it's a lot of it's a lot of uh it's a lot of snaps especially for a guy who's a speed guy right so i mean it would be great maybe if you could get 20 of those snaps off his plate so he's a little fresher when you want to use him on a jet sweep or you want to use him on a go route or something like that um, and I think that's where somebody like, uh, you know, Merriweather, you know, could play a role. We saw Colsey get in the game a little bit, which I hadn't really seen him a whole lot. It was very brief, uh, but he was in the game. Yeah, he got four. Yeah, he got four, which was, let me see. That was, those were his first four of the season. Those I were his first four that's snaps. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a, I mean, and he was coming back from injury, so. Maybe that's what they used this bye week for. You know, maybe they get they ramp up Colsey a little bit more. Maybe they get Merriweather more involved. Joe Wilkins, we did not see at all. And I'm trying to think, when was the last time we saw him? He played last uh, week? He, 
he, he played plays, against Cal. Yeah, he plays, but it's not like six. I don't think he's been targeted. Let's put it like that. I don't think he's been targeted. Um, yeah. You know, it's just like coming back. He's from the he's a guy who's just kind of out there sometimes, we, and you don't really know. Like he's in there for a couple plays, and then they take him out. Yeah. Um, frankly, Colsey would be like that if if he wasn't pointed out. You know. Yeah. Um, it's I mean it's tough for Wilkins and Colsey really because who knows even how healthy those guys are. Yeah. You know. I mean it's amazing that Wilkins was even available for Ohio State coming off right. of the the injury. Um, because I. Said it in the preseason, foot injuries and receivers worry me. Um, so anyway, I mean, foot injuries and football players, right? That's I mean, true. No. But I mean, especially, <laughs> yeah. Unless you're uh what's his name? Patterson. <laughs> Jared well, Patterson. it was a it was a concern against Ohio State. Yeah, that's true. That is true. It's a good point. <laughs> I mean, but it, it is true. Like Patterson obviously can gut it out a lot more than uh than Wilkins can, right? There's an explosiveness yeah. element to his game yeah. that just can't be there and alignment doesn't really have that well hey maybe uh anyway maybe uh i mean because the point of that is th- this offense was great and we did get a lot of questions about sustainability and, and what you do you know moving forward i think that is how you this team takes the next step is finding a way to get those receivers more involved uh you know you mentioned losing bauman freeman said last week that maybe Mitchell Evans will be available, uh, you know, by the BYU game. We'll see. Um, that might be, again, optimistic coach speak. But overall, not a lot to be upset about on the on the offensive side of the ball. But now that we've seen – now that we've seen Drew Pine have a game where he looks viable, like at a minimum. I mean, he looked more than viable. He looked, he looked downright good against North Carolina. What are your thoughts on, on just him? He's going to have, again, say, assuming you know, he stays healthy, he'll have at least eight more starts in the regular season and a bowl game, hopefully. What are your thoughts just in general on him you know, right now? Are you still in wait-and-see approach, or are you starting to form an opinion? Um, like form an opinion on like what you think he's going to do. Because I think after Cal, everyone was like, Okay, we survived. You can't do that again where you're throwing two yards every play. Um, but after seeing him against North Carolina, do you feel like you have a good idea of what you what, what you think we're gonna see from him, or do you still wanna see more before you're ready to, you know, make some sort of determination? Um, I mean, well, we're gonna see more, hopefully. Right. You know, so I, I guess it I, I mean I think I, th- there's nothing in that game that is like again like that's kind of beyond his ability right like they didn't they didn't really like they're not it was still wasn't like a deep passing game but like it doesn't right. have to be you know and that was kind of my point last week like you don't have to be vertical to be explosive you know you don't right. need to um you know it, he's his his average depth of target what was it eight point it was around eight was to 8. nine. 8. Nine, yeah. Uh, I'm trying there. to remember what Jamie said. It, it was something like that. It was like eight point nine or something. And you know that's fine. I I thought he took he made a couple of really nice throws to Mayer. Uh, obviously the 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 post route to Styles is like right where it needs to be. So if he can, you know, if if his accuracy is there, then it's going to be good. You know, obviously yeah. I think he's going to struggle if if they can't protect him. You know, that's going to well, be the I, biggest thing. Can you protect? But it's like some guys, it's like, um, 
who am I? It's just like, okay, uh, Kaiser, Kaiser, or, um, you know, Zaire, or Ian Book even. Like, if, if, if they get pressure on Ian Book, like, you feel confident he's just going to get out of it, right? Yeah. And I think while Drew Pine is mobile, like, I don't think he's a guy where it's like, if they are getting consistent pressure on him, like, that's not going to be a good situation, right? Right. He's not going to be able to withstand that sort of thing. And I think that's where you see a lot of, like, um, ceiling talk, right? Because the best quarterbacks can, when the pocket is not clean, that's when they start to really play well, you know? Um, think of, you know, Trevor Lawrence and that sort of thing. I mean, I, we're talking about the difference between, like, a good quarterback and uh, the great quarterbacks, you know, and yeah. like even Ian Book, right? Like he struggled with that, right? It, when he had to get out of the pocket, when the pocket collapsed on him, he, he struggled there, right? And I think that's going to be Drew's vulnerability. Um, but he was kept clean in this game for the most part. Um, he can make throws on the run, which is good. Um, you know, he can, he can be basically what Ian Book was, right? Why can't he be that, you know, to, to a certain extent? Um, he's not going to be the runner Ian book was, but maybe he's more accurate and maybe he, he can make better decisions with the football than Ian did, you know? And, and that obviously is, a is an important thing. Um, so it, it, it to me that that could be a trade-off where it's like, he understands coverages a little bit better than Ian did. Ian's a little bit better athlete. Um, but at the end of the day, you can win football games, but maybe you yeah. can't, can't go to the pinnacle. You know, and, and I think that's, uh, I mean, it's, we, like, it's, it's like I tweeted out, it's like I tweeted out, man, you know, Drew Pine could come in and if we got an Ian book type of, um, um, you know, career from him or something like that, then he'll be good enough to go to the playoffs and lose to Clemson and everyone will want him out of here. You know, like that's just the, the yeah. nature of being a quarterback at Notre Dame right now. Um, but you know, for, for me, I, I guess my determination of him at this point is I don't think that that Drew Pine is going to be limiting the way it seemed like he would be against Cal, where it's yeah. just like there's just kind of a permanent ceiling on the team. And he just simply does not. Um, he just simply is going to he's just going to keep killing them. You know, he, yeah. it's just like he's going to put like a permanent cap on what they can do. So right. um, I don't think that's going to be the case now. I think he can enable the offense to be, um, you know, as, as good as, as, as I guess they can be right. Um, unfortunately for him, you know, one thing Ian book did have in 2018 is he had Claypool and Boykin um, yeah. and those guys and Chris Fink. And obviously he doesn't, he doesn't have those guys right now. So, but uh, you know, he also has a running game that he didn't have well, with, you know, he had Dexter, but beyond that, he didn't really have it. So, that's um, true. you know, it's uh, a lot better than we thought last week. That's for sure. Oh, definitely. And one thing, one of my favorite things that he's done these last two games is like he hasn't sniffed a turnover. Like he came yeah. off the bench against Marshall through that quick pick and you're like, ugh. Then he threw another pick that gets called back because of a, a penalty, and you're like, "Oh man, if this is if this is what he if this is what Notre Dame's going to have at quarterback, you know, with uh, you know, with him in the game, not going to be good." Uh, but I mean, he he even when he well he had the he did he had the turnover to the fumble now, but um, he hasn't thrown a pick, um, you know, in his uh, you know in his two starts. 
and it hasn't had like those close ones that you you know you you're like oh well he could have had this one or that one so i've liked that um in uh you know in in these two starts as uh you know as well and we'll see uh where 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 he does net out uh you know this year i think um I think we still, I think there, yeah, I think there's still a lot more that we'll be able to see or that we're going to see from, from Pine this year. I, I mean, at this point, the way this season started, I would love it if we had an Ian book type performance. That would be after where we all were uh, and where everybody was feeling after that Marshall game. If he comes in and has, has an Ian book style rest of the season, hell sign me up right now. Um, and if anybody says they wouldn't take that, you know, they are lying. Because I'm pretty sure when Notre Dame couldn't move the ball against Marshall, there's a lot of fans that would have gladly taken Ian Book, uh, you know, in uh, you know in those moments um, instead of, uh, you know, at the time, uh, you know, Buckner when the, when the offense was really, um, really stalled. But I've talked a lot about the offense almost a half an hour's worth of talk about the offense and rightfully so they, 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 they played a great game, uh, you know, after a rough start to the, to the season, but what were your thoughts defensively on what Notre Dame, you know, was able to do and maybe wasn't able to do? Um, I mean, I, th- I thought defensively, I thought they had a really good plan. Um, you know, they just had to stop letting the quarterback get scrambled. And then once they did that, then they were fine. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm very like mad, like unhappy about yeah. the deep balls. Like I'm, I'm oh, actually yeah. like really mad about them. Um, yeah. especially the last one. Yeah. I didn't like but that. beyond that, like it, it's, I thought they had a good plan. You know, I am, I, and I, and I do, I am a little bit concerned just generally with like Cam and Clarence Lewis. Because I, I love the fact that, you know, Ben Morrison's playing a lot better. Um, I mean, he's basically he's basically taken Clarence Lewis's job. Yeah, he, he is a um, Yeah, like he, he played 51 snaps and Clarence Lewis played 10. I don't know, maybe there was like an injury there or something. Um, I think so. And then, you know, Mickey played a bunch and Cam, um, you know, played 39 snaps. Yeah. I think, I mean, maybe that was a little less than half or a little more than half. Um, but either way, I, I am a little bit concerned about those guys, their level, because I feel like you do need them to be better. Yeah. Um, but beyond that, I, I just generally speaking, I thought the plan was good. It's just, they had a couple bus and, um, yeah. you know, but look, you're, you're, they were missing DJ Brown for a bit there and they were missing Ramon Henderson who didn't play because of his ankle. So that was um, a big that was a low key big loss, uh, you know, for Notre Dame. Cause he really started to last two weeks. I feel like he started to show something. Uh, I mean, well, he showed stuff last year, but I mean, I thought he had two good games, um, you know, against Marshall and Cal. He really started to show a knack for the blitz, uh, out of the secondary, which Notre Dame historically, we talked about after the Ohio state game, when, uh, Golden called the ill-timed, uh, you know, uh, blitz, double safety blitz. But um, Henderson, H- Henderson has started to look good on that, uh, you know, in the in those situations the last two weeks. So losing him um, again, I don't know when in the week they knew. Uh, I mean, it 
sound. I mean, it had to be at some point during the week, but uh, yeah, I was gonna say, I think it happened in practice. <laughs> yeah, it must have. I mean, yeah. Um, so uh, not a, not ideal. Hopefully, it's not major. Uh, which obviously we know Bauman's is. Um, you know, he's done for the year. Which also, when we we said it, we should have said it just sucks for him, man. It, it's a kid who's had some rough injury luck. Um, what is that? That's his second. He had uh, he had a bad injury. Was it last year? He had year, a, dude? a bad knee last year. Yeah. It's like man, kid can't just can't catch a break. Um, hopefully he comes back. Because uh, crazy is, I mean, he was in the same class as Mayer, and was pretty highly ranked. Uh, just you know, obviously he's behind Michael Mayer, who's gonna be a freaking first round draft pick, who's just a monster. Um, but um, yeah, I thought the defense got a little sloppy. Cam kind of feels like he's almost like I want to say free, not freelancing a little bit back there, but like maybe looking to make some big plays or uh, like the the deep bomb. It looked like you know went well. He you know he cut it off and had his eyes in the backfield. Um, you know, cover on the you know on the the running back that was coming out and just let his man free, um, which was not ideal. I mean, the well, play call in general to, to, there, like, to, I don't necessarily like that play call in general either. It was fourth and 21, and I get it was, like, on, you know, it was a breakdown in the coverage that allowed that guy to go free. But, like, fourth and 21, why do you not have more back there? Like, guarding the line, just end the game. Instead, you're sending some pressure. It's like, all right, I get it, I guess. Like, you know, be aggressive. But, like, come on. In that case, like, just play the safety. It's fourth and 21. Play the safe defense. Force them to get a 22-yard completion, you know, and, like, earn it. Not not where you can have one player, uh, you know, get confused and and have a jailbreak, uh, you know, uh, release. So it, it, that particular call, it, it's, it's, it's a mistake by Cam. And, yeah. and Dan Orlovsky made a really good – uh, illustration about it like because they're in two but it's like kind of like a hybrid two because Xavier Watts is is playing deep middle basically so technically like the real mistake is by Bracey because if you're in two and he has his back to the number one receiver like that should never happen ever mm-hmm. you never turn your back to the number one guy if you're yeah. in if you're in a house like no like you cannot ever do that um cam is like he has to sink but here's even if he sinks right he's going to be underneath him okay if he sinks with the route he is going to be underneath the the number one so if the ball is thrown over the top it's still going to be caught now granted he might be there to make the tackle he's not going to run in the end zone but a harder um, target too though if there's at least a receiver there or a, a defender there oh for sure and maybe he doesn't even try to throw it if if he sinks right. but the real mistake is by bracy because he has two receivers the number two route the slot the slot he he stops right and and watts picks him up bracy has to have eyes on one like he i mean yeah. It's it's like really bad. Now that look, that's where Bracy he's not a safety. He doesn't play safety. So that's like that's to me is also weird. Where you have a, a non safety, you have your nickel playing safety. I've never seen Bracy line up in a safety position ever, and it showed because mm-hmm. he's sitting there with his back to the sideline on a on a two on a cover on a two cover. So 
it, it to me it's all like everyone is doing it wrong cam's <laughs> doing it wrong and 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 bracy's doing it wrong and and it kind of makes me like the reason I'm so kind of concerned about it is because, like, that's some BVG Keystone Cops garbage in the back. Oh, you brought a BVG. And, and, but, but that's what Love it me. is. Like, when is Notre Dame? When is the last time Notre Dame just straight up busted a guy running free in the secondary? Like, when Florida is the last State time last that happened? Year. I can't remember it. What when? Didn't, didn't Florida State have like? Well, I don't know if they. Totally no, that that was that was Houston just got beaten, man. That's not turning yeah. someone loose. That's losing yeah. a one-on-one matchup, right? Like the touchdown that, that Clarence gave up, he well, he got just beat. You know, that's not turning him loose. Yeah. He just you know, he's in man, he gets run by. You know, that's uh but it's like when it, Notre Dame isn't just turning like just letting a, a guy run straight down the field and no one looks at him. I mean, when was the last time that happened? I can't I can't think of it. Just some guy running straight down the field. Un, no one's looking at him. Wasn't good. I mean, it's it's like, it, it, honestly, I was so mad. I told Brendan. I could only imagine. I, I told Brendan from OFD. I was like, this is the only thing I'm going to talk about on the post game. I'm so mad about this. This yeah. should not have happened. And, and so I don't like that it's even possible. I don't like that it's no. even possible. They shouldn't have done it. Maybe it was just like guys who who don't, aren't used to the coverage. And, you know, it, it, Cam, Cam usually does that coverage with another guy. And the other guy always knows, like, to get that route or whatever. Um, and also, to your point, maybe just do cover four. Just, and, uh, and, and, like, because cover two is kind of, like, not the best coverage for a fourth and 21 situation, right, just given like, the score. So, like, just do cover four. And if they throw underneath and rally, and it's fine. Yeah. But just, I mean, like, and maybe that's what they were doing. I don't know. All I know is true. that all I know is that good. Cam isn't looking and Bracey isn't looking, and there's a guy running straight down the field and no one's looking at him. Yeah. Well, I, tell you it, what, I, I didn't like it. Silver lining, I guess, in a play like that is it does give Golden and uh, the rest of the defensive staff something to just yell about um, after after a big win. Um, it gives them something to you know uh, you know to work on because I do other than like. Up until what, like 10 minutes left to go in the fourth quarter, I was like, Notre Dame is shut down this high-powered offense. And then it's like, well, you let up the late. The late two touchdowns, and you're like, well, that wasn't ideal. I would have liked to not see that happen. Um, And you know what, though? I will say one thing we haven't mentioned. Make hats off to the Notre Dame linebackers who had a rough three games. Uh, but played pretty well. They're still maybe not as good as we hoped, uh, you know, in the, in the preseason, but I think you know, some of them played pretty well. Marist had a rough start to the game. I think I messaged you after one of the scrambles, like Maris, Maris angles might not be the best yeah. right now. He took a really bad angle on the first um, May scramble, where if he just goes, you know, right where, right, right, right where he probably should have. It's like a five-yard gain instead of like the 15 or 20 or whatever May got. But after that, I thought he had mm. a pretty good game. He graded out pretty well. Uh, was He was a 74 overall, which was the second highest on defense for Notre Dame. Um, so pretty good game from Marist. Um, clocking in at 56 uh, snaps, too, which is a, a good amount of snaps. But overall... Better game from the linebackers. Kaiser tied a career high with nine tackles. Um, 
so better still room for improvement and how about how about riley mills welcome to the party riley you know yeah. last week everybody was was having you know was meeting at the quarterback riley didn't get the invite this week he was he was throwing his own party in the backfield with two sacks um and one early in the game uh that really that came at a big time because the way Notre Dame's offense started the way North Carolina's uh, offense started with the touchdown on their first drive you were like uh-oh um a game like that it, it could have I mean it sounds weird to say given the way that it played out but that game could have gotten off the rails the way Notre Dame started on offense if uh you know if uh, if the defense didn't step up on the second drive and it actually it had a lot of the 2020 game vibes to it like down to being in Chapel Hill remember that like they yeah. came out, they popped off 14 straight points. Notre Dame's undefeated. You know, everyone's thinking playoffs, and you're like, what the hell is going on right now? North Carolina's up 14 nothing on the road. Everything was going against Notre Dame, and then Notre Dame comes back and, uh, you know, take, takes control of that game. This one felt somewhat similar. Uh, and it was, uh, like I said, it was a, it was a much-needed uh, much performance all, all around. I don't think we got any questions on it, so I'm going to ask you a question about the J.D. Bertrand targeting thoughts. Uh, I didn't. I didn't like it. Um, I thought he led with his face mask and yep. he hit the guy in the chest. So, yep. I, don't know. I, I get I mean, what I wrote about it in my <laughs> post game post was I get why they call it on the field because like it's a big hit. It happens fast. Like I get why the flag could be thrown because it looks bad at first. You know, it's a linebacker laying out a receiver. And then you see the replay and you're like, that is near textbook. So for them to uphold it was ridiculous. Um, and I love that Dan Orlovsky went off on the replay officials for uh, you know for for upholding it. And also just enjoy listening. Like I would, if we could somehow. It'll never work because, you know, Dan works for ESPN. But if we could somehow get Dan to replace Jason Garrett in the NBC booth, that would be phenomenal. Unfortunately, um, Dan Orlowski is too uh, – he has too much juice right now. Yeah, He's good, he's, man. He's Yeah, I mean, I mean, everyone wants him, right? Like He's, he's... just like – he's energetic. <laughs> you know what? I, I described this, in, again, in my post-game article. Like, remember how Mayock – Mike Mayock, when he was on NBC, would like – he would describe things, but he would go like maybe a little bit too far where like, I loved it. I'm like, all right, this is great. This is like football school plus a Notre Dame game. This is great. Uh, but some people didn't like that, I guess, because it was like Mayock was maybe like too technical and Mayock wasn't like as engaging maybe and as entertaining. Orlovsky is like, he's like kind of funny. He's engaging and like energetic, but like also like just breaks it down and, um, just like so quick and so like, you know, so well, he's really, I mean, he's a, he is fun to listen to. Wasn't he was on the, if I'm not mistaken, the first time I think I heard him call a game was the, um, wasn't it the camping bowl? Yeah. He was, he was, he was on the, uh, the, the yeah, the, the commentator for, uh, for the camping bowl against Iowa state when Notre Dame beat the fighting Matt, fighting Matt Campbell's, um, into submission. But, um, no, he is. He is good. Although if you follow him on Twitter, he's got some of the worst food takes like in the history of Twitter. Um, 
just like really bland food takes. Um, so, uh, but uh, other than that, he is uh, he is phenomenal. Speaking, no, of, he does he does a really good job. Was and speaking of food takes, maybe that is a good time to segue into our questions because we had a few, and you know we always get we always get some of the food, uh, you know the food food questions from the uh, from the usual suspects who uh, who send in questions. So I say we jump right into it. Um, we're going to start with Oscar uh, mm-hmm. with uh, at Vamos Irish. Who man, he's gonna be busy this week with all of the uh, uh, football azulas or however that uh, that he uh, that, that he produces the uh, the videos. But all right, first question from Oscar is: How many more Forestry Club applicants are there after that game? Um, so if you're not familiar, and I don't know, you might not have been. I think I might have did the solo pod where he put uh you know put uh, a question in um i guess it was gaelic uh with uh about uh, the drew pine fan club the friends of the forest uh was the was the drew pine fan club uh i'll tell you what there's there's there are there's a lot more people you know who are you know on board with with drew pine right now there was a lot of chatter on Saturday and, and quarterback envy going around during the early games. So, ah, why can't Notre Dame have this guy? Why can't Notre Dame have this guy? We're stuck with Drew Pine. Blah, 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 blah. And then Drew Pine came out and had himself a game. So good for Drew Pine. And I, I mean, I was, yeah, other than that, I would say there's, there's a lot of people waiting. I think though, still to say for like a second or a third performance, I think to, to fully, to fully buy in, but um, other than that, I think uh, Drew at least uh, shut some people up this week. Uh, he definitely did. I mean, he definitely acquitted himself a lot better. I think. I think. I mean, I think he gave everyone hope. You know, exactly. I think he gave everyone hope for a good season. Exactly. Um, all right, Oscar's second question because you know he can't ask just one. Michigan's strength of schedule is 131st in the FBS, and they're ranked four. Is this the superior scheduling um, ideology? I mean, it, I, honestly, I think it depends on what you want the outcome to be. I mean, they still got to go through Ohio State, so that is not. Um, I mean, that 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 they can't get rid of. But like, if you want a season where you have one game that you have to win that gets you into the playoffs, and then you're most likely just going to get destroyed, like they did last year, sure. But that I don't think really the, the kind of schedule they have this year is just a joke. Um, so I don't necessarily think that that's setting them up for any sort of better outcome in the playoffs if they were to somehow, you know, get by Ohio State for a second year in a row um, and then, uh, you know, win the, uh, the Big Ten again. Yeah, I mean, you know, they tussled with Maryland. It's pretty much the only team with a pulse that they've mm-hmm. played so far. And of course that was at home. So, you know, I, I don't know. I, it's, it's fine. I, Notre Dame isn't good enough for me to care about that sort of thing. Other than to say yeah. Notre Dame is playing three top 10 teams this year yeah. and another in the top 20, all from different conferences. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. All right. Next question from Oscar. This is the food one. And I'm going to have a hard time with this one. But he asks us to rank 
these uh, or barbecue rank by location. So ranking these cities based on which has the best barbecue or areas, locations. Yeah, yeah. yeah. North Carolina, Texas, Memphis, Kansas City, and Bama. So I got to say, I have not had barbecue in most of those areas. If I'm being, if I'm being frank, pun intended. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I've only had it in North Carolina and Texas. I've never been to Memphis, never been to Kansas city. And I have briefly touched Alabama, like drove through it. That's about it. Yeah. I don't know the Bama barbecue. I don't know what they're, uh, that's the new one. There's I've something heard the about. Rest, I do know that they have some sort of like white barbecue sauce that is supposedly like Alabama's thing. Yeah, yeah, I don't know it, what so I couldn't. Is, I, I couldn't know. even say. So I'll put them last, just because um, Bama needs to be last in something. That's a fair. Um, point. So I'll put them last. Um, so I think I think Kansas City first. Ooh. I think uh, North Carolina second, then Texas, then Memphis. Um, and then I guess Bama last. All right. Because uh, I think because because uh, Kansas City's the the sweet, right? I have not been, so I'm not. I think it is. I think it is. So I'm I'm gonna go with that. All right. Well, I gotta. I have to say Texas first. Um, otherwise, I'll get in trouble for any uh, any of my <laughs> wife's family who's listening. But I do like Texas barbecue. I would put North Carolina next because I've had that in North Carolina. Other than that, I am useless on uh, you know on uh, you know on this one. Uh, it's also like one of those things like uh, Woody all doesn't oh, yeah. matter, you know. Like it's kind of yeah. like I don't know which donut is your favorite, you know. Like <laughs> <laughs> well, now that you ask, what donut is your favorite? Uh, I'm, a, I'm a, so I, I, I like, um, I like a good buttermilk. Um, I like a good, uh, I guess, you know, I don't know anything other than that, like chocolate bars, fine, right? Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I like them all custard filled. I like the custard filled chocolate. Okay. I'm a so, big fan of the chocolate custard or not chocolate custard, chocolate glazed from Dunkin' oh, Donuts. Okay. Yeah, give me, yeah, yeah. give me, give me a large, a large Dunkin' Donuts coffee and a, and a chocolate glazed donut. I'm pretty happy. Um, all right, we go. We can move forward to our next question from our uh, our good buddy Chris Jenkins. Says one, how great was the play calling? Reese took what they were giving him and used it to his advantage effectively. Anything to add on the play calling? I mean, we 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 touched on it. We said that. Uh, they were the fun plays this week, but um, anything else to? to I mean, add? I, I I think I think that's not giving him enough credit. I think he manipulated them. I think he did. I think he made them do the things that he wanted so that he could run what he wanted. Yeah. You know, get getting uh getting digs out there on the um, getting digs out there on the uh, on the wheel route. Um, I mean, they've run that combination a few times, you know, and yeah. he knew they'd leave it open. Um, the, the throwback to Diggs, you know, he, he sees that, you know, he, he runs the one play to the other side and it's like, okay, you know, now I'm going to go show you the same action with the boot to the tight end and the flat, but instead I'm going to leak the back and it's going to be wide open. You know, um, I think getting mayor open on the crosser, you know, when, when you clear out at the top with everyone's in man, um, you know, I think that's 
again, just kind of getting them to do what you want. Um, you know, they styles on the open on those third downs too. What's that? They schemed uh, Thomas open on yeah, the third. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think he did a good job coverage. Yeah, I think he did a good job of of getting them to do what he wanted. You know, he he kind of had their defense on a string, and that's kind of how you know the play callers having a good. Maybe game, that's why right? Chizik didn't sit. Maybe that's why he stood. <laughs> Maybe he was like, "Shit, this kid is eating my lunch." Yeah. Um, it was ridiculous too. Like Orlovsky pointed out, he's like. Why are they just giving them such a cushion? And it was like, right. props to Tommy and Pine for being like, if you're going to give us a cushion, we are going to continue to take it until you take it away. Because you know who didn't give Notre Dame that cushion? Marshall. They sat on all of that stuff, and Notre Dame threw right into it, and it burned them badly. That's why they lost the Marshall game, is because they kept throwing into it. Um, so good on, uh, you know, on Reese for taking what was there and not, you know, forcing anything else. Um, next question from Chris is looks like you, Oscar and I have game day superstition slash tradition. We now have to keep doing. Um, so for those not paying attention, Oscar asked us a couple weeks ago if he had, if he was allowed to watch the game, I think basically because he missed all the scoring plays because uh, of children things uh, against uh, against Cal. Chris's, I believe, is a specific shirt. Um, and mine was after I somewhat ingest, but also not so much ingest, tweeted that Tommy needed to do his effing job uh, because the whole team was effing counting on him and he needed to step up. So using his own words as encouragement for him, Notre Dame scored on like six straight drives after I tweeted that. So I think that's just tradition now. I have to do that after the first punt. Yeah. As soon as Notre Dame punts once, I need to uh, I need to tweet that uh, to Tommy Reese. Uh, but do you have any superstitions? Game day superstitions? Do you watch uh, a game I don't. somewhere and they no? Or... No, I don't I don't do that. Um, Good. Yeah, it hasn't been a thing. Um, I guess like I guess a, like a hat once and you're like they no it's only it it's out. only when like it's only when I, I only feel like that when I'm I'm not watching live like if I'm at like a sporting event or something so like I'm at my kids games um, mm. if if I'm trying to avoid it right and it's almost like I feel like if I check it's almost like a, a negative, hmm. you know, like if I check the score somehow, I, it'll, I it'll be this. bad because I checked. Yes. But if I don't check, then it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to. So therefore that will make it. So the score is what I want it to be. I can relate to that. I kind of feel it's, like that it's the stupidest thing. It's it honestly is. the dumbest thing anyone's ever thought. And then about you like anything. look at your phone, like you're like half looking away. You're like, yeah, I'll refresh it. And then you're like, ah, damn it. They gave up a field. I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what the, the, the most, um, the, the worst feeling I ever had in life. That's an exaggeration. I shouldn't have said it like that. But you understand what I'm saying. The worst feeling was in 2017, we, my wife and I, we we were on a flight home from Chicago. Okay. The night of Miami. And I was like, I'm not going to check it. I'm not even looking at the game. 
right? Because I couldn't get it on the plane. Yeah. And so right. then I was like, I'm just not going to, I'm not, I don't want to catch it halfway. I'm going to go yeah. home. I'm going to go home and I'm going to watch it full at home. Cause we didn't have, uh, cause we had, um, you know, we, we had just had our second child or whatever. And I was like, it'll be okay. We'll get home and, and, I, and I'll watch it in full and I'm on radio silence. So it's all good. Right. And, and this is, you know, obviously we, you remember, right. So Notre Dame was like number five or whatever they were going into that game. And it was yeah. like, Notre Dame is going to go to Miami and win. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. Like Miami's not even that good, you know, and we just like smashed on USC and then we smashed on NC state and it's like, this is going to be freaking great. And the plane landed and I thought, you know, it's kind of late. Like, let me just give it the once over, right? Let me just give it a check. It's got to be around the fourth quarter, like near the end of the fourth quarter. Like, there's a good chance that, like, Notre Dame's up, like, 27-13 or something like that. It'll be great. I check the phone, and they're down 34-8. And I'm looking at that phone like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. Just, like, completely, like, oh, my God. And that was what I thought. It was my fault because I checked. If I didn't was. check and if I just went home and, and, and watched the game, it would have turned out different. Since I checked, it was I like won. a like a like a like a space time continuum thing from Back to the Future. Oh, that game sucked. God, man, it was just awful. Oh, God, brutal. Ugh. All right, well, let's keep this. Let's let's try to get back on the positive um, <laughs> positive train here <laughs> after we talk about 2017 Miami. Um, Chris's final question was, "Who were you most impressed with?" He's going with Estime and Pine. Who are you most impressed with in that game? I'm going to say Joel. Damn you. Because that's who mine was. <laughs> he was. He was fucking unbelievable. Third he's, game in a row. He's, he's a really good football player, player man. He, he's, he's really good. He's, he's a really good one. Yeah. Third game in a row, he was highest rated from PFF. Yeah. And it's like not just highest rated, but like really highly rated. Yeah. He is. Good player. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was who I was gonna say. Other than him, I mean, and then Estime and Pine. I don't know. Those are those, those are the ones that uh, you know come to uh, come to mind. Yeah. I mean, so, I, yeah. If I'm not taking those guys, then you Riley know. Mills. Also, we could do Riley defense. Mills. Riley Mills, two sacks from General Mills. All right, we got Alan Rutherford asking which parts of the offensive performance are sustainable sustainable and can be built upon moving forward and which were quote played unc it's all sustainable to me i think a lot of it is i what i don't think is sustainable is those those easy pitching catches that pine was getting that they never took away i think it i think a legitimate defense is going to adjust and say okay we're not just going to let you have these free yards every time. We're not going to give each of your receivers a 10 yard cushion. Who's other than Michael Mayer. Mayer was like the only one they paid attention to. So that part, I don't think is necessarily sustainable. I think they'll have to do a little bit more than that, but all the other stuff, the wheel routes, all that stuff. Um, I mean, I guess the only part that you could say maybe wouldn't be sustainable too is now that that's on film, you have to come up with new wrinkles for it. Obviously you can't, because 
you can't just run the same thing. It's not going to work every single time. But um, I think a lot of what they did, they can build upon, if nothing else. Yeah. I, I th- so a lot of what worked is a wrinkle on top of another wrinkle, right? Yes. And I think just I, I think this is now you know the the second game in a row with the left side of the offensive line has really looked good. Yeah. Um, Zeke Carell, especially like he hasn't had a poor game in the last few or last couple, mm-hmm. I should say. Um, so I think they really got something there. Um, obviously the backs, I think the backs are that, I think that's a sustainable product. Um, obviously Michael Mayer, you know, um, I, I think, so to Alan's question, I, I think it all builds off itself. Yeah. Right. And there's, and there's, I think every play you can kind of see where you see like, Oh, they actually have something else here that they can go off of that. You know, they, they didn't have to do against North Carolina, but a lot of the things that they did were built off the things they did against Cal. It's just that they never got to those things because, yeah. because Drew Pine was freaking out. Drew Pine was, you know, was blown into so, a paper bag. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So Drew Pine was kind of hyperventilating. <laughs> and so they didn't get the other stuff. He's fine. Um, yeah, he's fine now. But, but that, so it's like they built off of what they did against Cal. And then later on, they can build off of what they did against North Carolina while still incorporating a lot of the things they did against North Carolina. So, um, yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's a good situation in terms of repeatability right now. Granted, you're going to play a better defense. It's going to take away some things and and everything's going to be a little bit tighter. Right. It's going to be maybe a seven yard run and not a 17 yard run and that sort of thing. But um I think in terms of what they're doing, I think that's all. I mean, look at they, they've done. They did it in 2020. You know, they did it in 2021. Right. This is Tommy yeah. Reese. Like all the plays we're seeing, we've seen them do this stuff. Yeah. You know, we've seen it. It just hasn't been with this team and these True. players. Um, but they haven't had this set of running backs before either. So um, it's a really good situation. Really good situation. You know what play that wheel route to Diggs really reminded me of? Uh, Which one? The touchdown? The touchdown, yeah. The throwback to Elise Mack against uh, yeah. Stanford. Uh, I was like, I was like, this is just like that. Um, and that wasn't, that was what, that was 18. So that was, uh, that was Mr. Uh, that was Chip Long. Chip Long, yeah. And so, it's funny. So if you look at that play, right? Yeah. You'll notice who else is leaking out. Raritan, the tight end. Ooh. Watch it back. The Raritan is leaking out. So that's. Again, new layers people. upon layers. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, and, and going to get a chance it, to play unless, it doesn't, I mean, unless Evans is fully back, but I can't imagine he's back. No, 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 no. It's, you can't, it's coach. Like, speed. look, look, who's back, right? Joe Wilkins is back. Like, he's not out yeah. there, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, so it's tough. It's tough. But, you know, it, it always feels good when they roll out and then they stop. And once they stop and they get ready to throw, you know in your mind, like, oh, he's not even hesitating. Someone yeah. is about to be wide, wide ass open. open. Yep. And he was. He was. He was. So one thing, actually, as a follow-up for me, it's not on here. You talked about the left side of the line. One, th- If Notre Dame can get the right side of the line to start going, because one player, I think, needs – really needs to buy and needs to spend it all with Harry is Blake Fisher. Uh, Cause he seems he, he's had some ups and downs and if they can get him going, 
ah, this line is going to be this line is going to be exactly what we thought it would be if they could really get him going. He's had his yeah. moments, but he's also he's had his he's had his other moments where you're like, ooh. So here's great. here's the thing, right? And I, I was thinking about this today. And maybe this is just, I don't know, wishful or hopeful thinking or whatever, but that's what we're here for. So so Harry's a big like uh technique guy, right? Yeah. And so you're doing a lot of things technique wise that um may be foreign to you. Yes. And you're kind of thinking about that while you're doing it. And the thing about Blake is he was originally supposed to be left-handed guy on the other side and so now he's wrong-handed on the right and he's learning new techniques yeah so maybe it's taking him a little bit longer than all on the left so that's what i'm that's what i'm going with it's a it's a real thing um a couple years back what year was this oh man i can't what year was this 2019, maybe it was. Uh, what are you thinking of? No, this is it's, it's not Notre Dame. It's uh, oh. it's my my Eagles. My Eagles spent a first round draft pick that year on Andre Dillard, who was supposed to be the left tackle of the future, and they they had an injury and were like, just play right tackle for us today. And this first round draft pick, who was pretty good. I mean, obviously he was a first round draft pick, so yeah, yeah not terrible. Yeah. He played. He didn't make it to halftime. Mm. at right tackle. And then after the game, reporters were like, "Yeah, what is? You know, what was? What was the thing? What was different?" And he was like, "Are you right-handed?" They're like, "Yeah." He's like, "You ever try writing with your left hand?" Mm. <laughs> and then he was like, "That is what. That's what this is like on you know with one week of practice." So it's a good point. Hopefully that does. Um, yeah, that does. He starts to have some familiar or some more familiarity because they get him going. And this line could really uh, can really be something. Um, we got Mercury Tacos coming in, who tweeted out a picture of us uh, with their legs just kicked up, you know, seated back in, uh, you know, at the at the stadium on Saturday, and says, "I made myself at home during the UNC game." Is this considered rude, or is it a sign of dominance? I'm going with sign of dominance. You got to let the the opposing fans know that you're you're not there. To be quiet, you're not there to, uh, you know, to just be, uh, you know, yeah, to just be a spectator. You're there to uh, to insert your dominance and to represent your team. I mean, look, Notre Dame won there in 17. They won there in 20. And they won there in 20, uh, 22. Yeah. So, uh, pretty much Notre Dame Stadium at this point. Notre Dame Stadium back. East. You got you to go back to the Weiss days for Notre Dame to have a look. That's right. That's right. In, uh, was so, that eight? 2008? It was 08, yeah. 08. Um, no, I, I'm, I, am, I am for it. But I also, I've also worn some things into opposing stadiums that, in retrospect, in my older days, I'd be like, I wouldn't do that again. Uh, <laughs> that, that would be somewhat, some would say I might have been antagonistic in opposing team stadiums, both uh, pro stadiums as well as... Um, Collegiate stadiums, primarily the Meadowlands here in New Jersey. Uh, I have gone to like over the years. I've been to that stadium many times. We're in lots of green, uh, but uh, I, I'm I'm all for it. Go for it, unless you're in like a place like LSU or Ohio State where your safety may be of a concern. Go for it. 
Um, just got one more questions left. We got Drew Brennan at Drew Brennan 77. Do you think this bye week gives Wilkins, Colsey, and Merriweather the opportunity to be part of the game plan against BYU and beyond? So we talked about it a little bit, um, but answering it directly, of those three, of those three, let's, let's put it this way, who plays the most snaps against BYU? And do any of the three register a catch in that game? Um. Wilkins, Colsey, and Merriweather. Merriweather. Well, um, let's see. Who plays the most snaps? I mean, I have to say Colsey, I guess, because he's the one who's actually gotten in the games. Although that's Wilkins too. And Merriweather also. Merriweather played four or five. I had it open four or five against uh, he Cal. played five against Cal. Okay. The problem is he went backwards went from yeah, five to great. zero. Yeah, you know? Yeah. It's not what you want. No, not it's ideal. not what you want. And not just that, but then he came out because he made a boo-boo. Yeah. And they didn't go back in and they didn't play in the next game. Right. So that's, that's not good. I mean, look at I. It's just so hard to speculate. Like you would, you would want to say yes, right? Like, especially for Tobias, because it's like for him, it, it's not a, it's not an attitude thing, you know. It's not something that's off the field or anything like that. It's purely on field readiness, and I just feel like since that's the case that there's no like intangible thing that's missing. I think that that since that's the case, they clearly want to get him out there. Yep. Um, I just feel like he's going to break through at some point. Yep. So I would like to think him, you know, I really would. Uh, but I don't know. They did. They didn't play him. They didn't play him in a game where it was like he ran 85 plays. That's true. It's tough. But you got the bye week. Figure things out. I'm going to go Merriweather of the three. Okay. Um, we got Jack O'Sullivan says, uh, what do you think of the timing of the bye week this year? Too early or just right, given Notre Dame's current situation? It's an interesting question because I can see like both answers here. What do you think? Um. I think it's probably too early, to be honest. Okay. Um, just because you're setting up for like a real run. Yeah. Into like October and November. Yep. Um, you probably want it. Like I would probably want it. Like I'd want Stanford. I'd want Stanford BYU by. That's what I would want. Yeah. Um. But, you know, it is what it is. I don't think it's bad per se. Like, I'm yeah. sure there's, I'm sure there's, uh, you know, after four games, eh, eh. If we were I'd rather they didn't right have eight now. left. What's if that? Was, if Notre Dame was undefeated right now and we were talking playoffs, I would say too early. But given what's happened, I kind of like it right now. Because 
you started off terrible. You've now won the last two, one of which you in, in pretty convincing fashion, but it still was against a really, really, really bad defense. I think this team still has got a lot to figure out. So I kind of, I don't mind it at all right now, given this situation. Other years, I'd say, yeah, too early because you don't want to have four and then eight. But this year, given what's happened, I am, I think it's, I think it could be beneficial because they, you know, there, there, now there's also an argument that would be made that like, oh, they just had their best offensive performance. Don't you want to have, you know, you know, play again, build off of that? Sure, if you're going to play another really, 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 really bad defense the next week to build off of it. But this way, I think it gives them, uh, it gives them a nice, uh, you know, two week period here to, uh, to build off of. And I, I would, I should look up when, um, uh, man, what's the word? Midterms are, because that yeah. week always gives Notre Dame a hard time, and I don't know when it is this year. But it's, usually uh, it's, it's usually the it's the middle of October. That's yeah, why I was, was kind of thinking. So it's probably, it's probably um, too early for that. Yeah. So I, I think it could be beneficial. You can always make you can always benefit from it, right? So yeah. I, you know you have to find a way to benefit from it. Um, you know, I'm sure there's guys who, you know, are ready to. Um, or, you know, they need a break or whatever. Um, just the staff, too. Like, this is a brand-new staff, basically, almost all working together. Like, it gives them a chance to be like, all right, let's evaluate. Like, Freeman said it after that Marshall loss, too. Like, we have to reevaluate everything. It gives them a chance to do that early in the year. Um, so I don't mind it. Other years, I probably would. Uh, second part question here is, what are your current ceiling and floor for this team now that we have seen four games, two with Pine. So I think the floor is considerably higher at this point. Yep. Um, I mean, I think the floor is eight and four now. Um, I think oh. that's the... Yeah. Oh. I, don't, I don't think they should... Honestly, they should not... They should not oh. lose to a non um they should not lose to a non usc clemson so okay Does that include i mean you, like unlv no right no. like just no, i'm not even discussing it so unlv out navy out boston college out boston college is freaking terrible mm-hmm. jesus phil Dracovic. people still talk about him as he's good my goodness anyway um so there's three right so that makes five um you should obviously beat you should beat stanford at home okay so that makes six um who am i missing uh you got navy this said it yeah and i'm saying i'm trying to repeat the ones you had let me double check here that's uh who are we missing off the top of my head, we Syracuse. Syracuse, that's tough. But you know what? You got You got to beat Syracuse. I don't think they're that good. Um, and I think by the time Notre Dame plays Syracuse, they will have been brought down to earth a little bit. Of course. Um, and so they will. They will be knowing that they're not that good anymore. Uh, so yeah, I just I, you know we're, we're we shouldn't be losing to Syracuse. Um, 
and then BYU, right? Like that's obviously going to be difficult. But I think between, I, I, I think between uh, BYU, Clemson, and USC, I think I think you got to win at least one of those games. Definitely need to win one of those games. And look at, I think if you if you beat BYU and you run a table into Clemson. You know that that then that game's gonna be popping. I mean, that's gonna be a huge one, uh, right? The, Clemson the, the, didn't it, look great. Against, at least certainly uh, not defensively, right? And look, at uh, you get them at home, and they're gonna be. Hopefully, they're still undefeated. They'll be a top five team um, coming in Notre Dame Stadium. Notre Dame will be ranked by that point, I'm sure. You know, if they're seven and two or whatever. Oh, um, are you kidding me? They'll be top ten by then if they're seven and two or six and two. They will not be top ten. Be close. Um, they will not be top. They'll probably be like 17 or something. They'll be higher. Um, fine. But either way, they won't be down. top 10. But they will down, be. Greg. Frank, they they were, what were they? They finished, what was it in 2019? In the final ranking? I don't remember. They, they, were, they were like 18 for the longest time. And why is that? Because they got boat raced by Michigan. Like this team lost to Marshall. Yeah, you know, early it's a in the problem. season. People forget. It's a bit still. People, forget uh, people do forget. Losses. And that's why they're going to be 15th or whatever. They're not going to be, they're not going to be top 10. It will have Either been way. given a win that will have a win over a, in this, in that scenario, assuming BYU uh, remains ranked by the time. Why would they be main ranked? They're 19th now and they're going to lose to Notre Dame. I said, when Notre Dame play, well, they have one game before, so they could move up a few spots. But still, they would have a it would have a win over a ranked opponent. We've had this discussion where, just because you beat somebody who's ranked and then they're not ranked the next week, it doesn't make them a bad team all of a sudden. I didn't say they would be bad. I did not yeah. say they would be bad. I said they were probably wouldn't be ranked at that point. So I think they will be. But regardless, um, okay. all right, they've already so, lost the game. So what's the ceiling then? The ceiling? You said this, the floor is eight and four now. What's the ceiling? The ceiling is. I mean, do I want to say ten and two? Yeah, I don't think it. Do I want to? I mean, I guess here's the thing. Technically, look, because here's the thing: if you can go, if you beat Clemson, I think they could beat Clemson. Right, I, I think they could be seven and two and beat Clemson at home. Go eight and two, and then you beat Trashy Phil, and he's they're nine and two at that point. Okay, they're nine and two. And then you're going to then you're going to L.A. and it's like the first time that would be like the first time both teams are actually good. Yeah, um, I think it's I think Notre Dame probably has an easier chance against or a better chance against USC than they do Clemson. The the, the away thing. That's is true. uh that's and plus it's like at the very end it's yeah, but, uh but if Notre Dame keeps developing the identity that we're seeing of the offensive and defensive lines playing as well as they are uh, USC is not I mean look, 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 I'm gonna I just loaded up USC schedule Arizona State kind of a joke Washington right now Washington State nope Utah maybe will bring some like Cal might be the one of the best defenses they face before Notre Dame. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. I, I, I don't. I matchup schedule is terrible. Michigan's blush. I didn't. I haven't looked at USC schedule. Michigan is blushing at USC schedule. 
It's not good. No. They have one ranked opponent right now because we're not ranked. Uh, number 12, Utah. That's it. No. That is just terrible. Awful. Um, anyway. I, I mean, I, I think I was going to say floor of seven and five. I think we we're talking floors. So I would say that's the floor. Um, that would mean losing to the three ranked opponents left. Um, I think I would love to see. I mean, I guess you could say the ceiling still being 10 and two because every team left has some flaws. Clemson almost lost to Wake. USC almost just lost to Oregon State. BYU already has a loss. And in they get in that loss, they gave up what, like 41 to Oregon? Yeah. These are flawed. These are not the juggernaut, you know, unstoppable teams that Notre Dame has. They just have to keep getting a lot better than than what they've been. But again, if we look back to just last year, Notre Dame looked not good for two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, whatever it was, and then played lights out football in November. If Notre Dame continues that trajectory this year, then maybe ten and two is still in play, but, uh, I don't know. Uh, it would be, it would be tough. Um, but, uh, we'll see. Yeah. All right. We got clutch sports, Notre Dame, uh, is the game where pine, or is this the game where pine got his groove back? Should we see a more confident and competent quarterback from now on? And what does this mean for the Clemson game? We already kind of touched on <laughs> the Clemson game component. We already touched a little bit on pine, uh, I don't know if it's that he got his groove back. I think it's that he just he found it. Like he hasn't played a lot of football until yeah. this year, and uh, I think he got it. I think he got a little bit of confidence in the Cal game, and the really important thing is that carried over to North Carolina. And if he carries that over to BYU, yeah, maybe we got something. Yeah, for the rest of the year, definitely more. Man, I will say, I'm really glad that after the Marshall game, I feel like after the Marshall game, we were fairly reserved and uh, rational. Whereas there may have been some other pods saying like four and eight was in play and 2016 season was coming. And we didn't we didn't go that route. And I'm proud of us. That's all, that's all I'm going to say. Um, because we looked at uh, the similarities with uh, other seasons like last year and just how close they were, uh, how close Notre Dame was to being in a very similar situation last year. Yeah. So, um, here we have, we have uh, stay curious asks how did the O-line go from JV to all world in one week? I mean, they played North Carolina. Yeah. They played the JV. Um, well, I mean, I don't think I, I, you, you've seen the progression of the offensive line though. Like they were not good the first two weeks, and they started to look good against Cal. Like yeah. they weren't they weren't great against Cal, but Notre Dame was getting what what I forget was it four or something a carry four and a half four point six or something like that a carry against Cal, which is not like, I mean you're not you know doing cartwheels over that, but it's not terrible. And Cal's got a pretty good defense, so I think they built on that and just played a wretched defense, like a wretched wretched defense undisciplined team too. like man that team just unraveled i mean i guess when grandpa's freaking out on the sidelines and like going crazy like mac brown was um 
your team follows suit and it's like, well, the coach is going to get penalties. We can get penalties. Um, I think we got one more. It just comes from Evan who says, how did that performance likely change BYU's game plan in two weeks? As in BYU's plan for how to scheme against Notre Dame. Um, I mean, you probably can't, yeah. you probably can't, I mean, you, I guess, see, the thing about it is like, it, it makes it difficult to just put eight in there. Cause they can, they can, they can manufacture, like they, they can move people around and they can get you in bad positions. Um, and when I say eight in there, I mean, eight in the box and get you in bad positions to where, um, you know, it's like if you have eight, they, they, they'll just get someone on the outside or they'll, they'll slip someone out yeah. in the backfield or they'll do something else. So it makes it a little bit more dangerous. You have to be a little bit more reserved. Um, You have to play a little bit more straight up. I think that's probably what it is, is you can't take a ton of chances with this team because of the types of weapons that they have um, and the way they utilize them. So I think that is probably one thing that changes. Like before, you could just say, all right, we're going to put an eight. You know, we'll put an eight and it's like, God bless whatever happens from there. Now it's yeah. like, I don't know. We might have to play a little bit more straight up. Like we do have to, now we have to just count on the front seven to control it. We can't, we can't be committing too many numbers because they can hurt us now with the passing game. We didn't know that before. So that's probably yeah. the one thing where it's like, they have to be a little bit more cautious defensively. Yeah. I think it probably doesn't change what BYU thought they would have to do against Notre Dame, like in the preseason when they were looking ahead, like, you know, when they were like, you know, in the off season saying like, well, this is what we're probably going to have to do defensively against Notre Dame. It probably doesn't change much from that versus, you know, once they saw Notre Dame, Notre Dame the first couple of weeks and being like, Oh, maybe we can. Yeah. Like you said, do some of those things, but like the offense that we saw against North Carolina is kind of the offense that I think a lot of us thought we would see you know, earlier in the season, specifically against Cal, like what we did against North Carolina, I thought is exactly what we would have done against Cal. It's just, you know, Pine had the rough start line wasn't as dominant as you would hope. And, you know, things went the way that they did. Notre Dame did what they had to do to win. But um, I mean, it, that's what I, what, what we saw against UNC, like I said, is what I thought we would have seen earlier. Um, mm -hmm. So I don't know that it's going to change a ton from, BYU. I do think that BYU might send more pressure than than UNC did because I mean UNC barely did any. So I mean they yeah. were just um God, I don't know what I don't know. Chiswick's game plan was just I mean, thank you, Gene, for that blessing because I don't know what like I don't know who looks at a at a kid making their first career start on the road and was like, you know what, we're just gonna give him time. We're gonna give him time in the underneath stuff, and we're gonna let him build his confidence, and then we'll we'll take it from there. Like it was just a bad game plan from from uh, from North Carolina, but hey, benefited benefited us. So that's all our questions. We had no new reviews to read this week. Um, so if you're still listening, leave those reviews. We do, uh, you know, we 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 do like them. There's a bye week coming up here, so we don't know. We'll see what kind of programming we got uh, in store for uh, you know for uh, for the bye week and, and heading into uh, to BYU. But uh, this was fun, Greg. 
after getting to talk after wins is always way more fun than talking after uh it was a fun games. game it was i actually tweeted that Absolutely. i wrote i think I, I at the end of it i was like football is fun again question mark uh at uh in the second half when when there was lots of good vibes this was like this was all the good vibes of the off season rolled into a game right we had all yeah. these good vibes all off season everyone's having fun and then the season started and we were like, those went away real fast. Um, and they all came back. <laughs> they all came back one week. Uh, let's hope that they can stay. Um, Cause it's a lot more fun to talk to you all after a win, instead of figuring out, you know, how do we, how do we, you know, s- you know, polish the turd after, <laughs> after, <laughs> after a bad loss. We don't like doing that, but uh, um, I think we're going to wrap it there. It's late on the East coast. I need some sleep. So uh, with that, I think we're going to bid you adieu and say thank you as always for listening. Thank you for the questions. And as always, go Irish.